Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The One Tough Mother Podcast. The One Tough Mother Show is real talk with special guests, including industry leaders, celebrities, and amazing women who've overcome adversities to work their way to the top and are willing to share their real life lessons. Remember, you don't have to be a mother to be one tough mother. It's all about you. Hi, welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. You're here with One Tough Mother and Tough Brother, Seth. Yeah. Yeah, tough brother. Tough brother Seth. And Seth is super excited this week because we have our first male interview. Go ahead, Seth. I have to cough. You take it from there. Okay. I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it should be interesting. Yeah, we have Paul Carrick Bronson on, and he is just amazing. He's, he's a great, great guy besides the fact that he was named by Oprah to be, well, they call him not just a matchmaker, but he's the most influential matchmaker in the world. That's that's pretty big. It's huge. And I chose him specifically, and he was super, super kind and said yes, because I wanted him to be on for our Valentine's Day, Love is in the Air. Love is in the Air. Show. But in the meantime, you watching the Olympics? I haven't, I haven't caught any yet, no. Oh, dude. But I've heard. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm going to. I'm going to catch up on it. I love the Olympics, and I, and I don't watch it as much as I'd like to. But you know, what? male manager mom's really into it. Like I hear her upstairs in the apartment, hooting and hollering. Yeah, she's really into yeah. it. Like, I saw I saw a couple highlights. Oh my god, the snowboard stuff is just off the charts, crazy. I read a a quick um, article about Red. You know, the one that won the snowboarding thing. Yep. The, I, his brother, his older brother, said. And it, and it was, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't remember exactly how it went, but he was like, I used to be so pissed that this kid would be trailing behind me and have to take him with me. He goes, because he'd be like behind me and falling. He goes, within three months or something, he was going past me. And then I knew it was all over. The kid was going to be great. <laughs> so older brother take on that situation. Uh, it's got to burn him a little bit. Yeah, seriously, especially if you told him. But in the meantime, I want to thank our sponsor, who is American Cobalt Aqua Farms. Um, Great stuff. They have arapaima, which is a superfood. It's a fish loaded with omega-3 and omega-6 protein and collagen. And I'll t- I took it to a chef, a chef friend of mine. Um, Pammy is the executive chef down, an executive chef down in Atlantic City. And I took it down there just to see her make it and see what she thought of it. She raved about it. She just like raved about how wonderful it is, how delicious it is, and how versatile it is. And it's it's fed some of the finest food ever i went to the facility it was amazing amazing to watch it so we were, i guess i'll just take your word for it i know seth i just haven't gotten there <laughs> I'm yet i'm just teasing every time i keep thinking I, i've got to get over there it's american cobalt aqua farms they take pride in supplying healthy nutritious food through 
responsible, sustainable, eco-friendly aquaculture. The quality of their all-natural fish is completely, it's completely uncompromised. I couldn't believe it. The place was immaculate. And it's never exposed to antibiotics, vaccinations, hormones, chemicals, heavy metals, or uncontrollable environmental factors. I can never say environment. This is the most healthy fish in the world. It is. It's incredible. And it's, 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 it's like a cloned fish, like the perfect fish was made. I know. It's And it's huge. I mean, it's a huge, huge fish, and it's super thick and super flaky and delicious. Mm. I, re- I really enjoyed it. And yeah. you can go, you can call American Cobalt Aqua Farms at 973-601-8441. Again, it's 973 973- 601-8441 or and you can talk to them about it because they have aquaculturists on staff 24 hours a day and they'll answer your questions or you can go on American Cobalt Aquafarms.com Arapaima and Seth and I we, we, we're naming a mermaid Arapaima we love that name Seth wants to name his new child Arapaima uh, it's in the running is it in the running for sure what did Melissa say no. Okay. Uh, American Cobalt Aqua Farms. We love you. Thank you for being our sponsor. And everybody check it out. It's awesome, awesome fish. And in the meantime, we'll be right back. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. Today's guest is our first male interview on the One Tough Mother Show, and we're super, super excited about it. Like I said, it's Paul Keurig Brunson, and I followed him for years. In fact, we've been friends off and on for years on on social media. He's a wonderful mentor and an entrepreneur. However, the reason I asked Paul to be our Valentine's Day guest is his mission is is to help people professionally or in love. He's the best matchmaker there is. He's considered the most influential matchmaker in the world, as I told you. In 2012, Paul was a very special partner with Miss Oprah Winfrey and co-hosted a show on OWN. It was a reality documentary called Love Town USA. In fact, Oprah says Paul is much more than a matchmaker. And we're about to find out if that's true. And Seth is super excited because he's a male guest. Yay! Yay! So we want to welcome to the One Tough Mother Show, my friend and a very cool guy, Paul Carrick Brunson. Hey, Paul. Welcome to the One Tough Mother Show. I'm so excited to have my first male (laughs) guest on the show. This is big. This is big. Like, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on my shoulders right now, being the first guy up. So, uh, but I appreciate it. I am honored. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And Seth was like, "Yo, finally, somebody else is going to be there with me." Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough out here. I can tell you, man. Seth, I tell you what. I, I've, I've listened to a few shows, and uh, so, sometimes you take a beat down, man. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> he's good at it, though. He he he's really good at bobbing and weaving. He's very good yeah. at that. Well, so, I'm I'm with Seth today. Oh I'm yeah. Okay. So now it's two against one. Now yeah, I'm really feeling right. the pressure. Yeah. Back down, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Paul, I, it's incredible to have you on. But I really I have to talk about your book. It's complicated, but it doesn't have to be. I, I think that's just a good start. Even though you writ- wrote it a few years ago, I'm super super interested in it because when you wrote it you said this is something my toddler son will be able to read later in life and get stuff out of it how so yeah, yeah absolutely you know what's interesting too is when i wrote that i had a toddler son now i have two oh. <laughs> you know, sons, and that uh that toddler is now seven years old and you know i've another one behind him but oh. uh but I, absolutely you know when i wrote that book 
the uh, you know the, the problem that I saw with so many relationship books were that they were very trendy. You know what you know trip uh, should I say tips and and and, and tactics and, and that kind of stuff. I really wanted to write something that was evergreen that could stand the test of time, and so I thought about quote unquote rules. You know things that never go out of style. You know things like uh, you know we always lose love but we always gain love back. Right. You know, things like, uh, you know, impressions really do mean a lot. <laughs> you know, rules that never will go out of quote-unquote style. And so that's the reason why I wrote It's Complicated. And what's really cool is, you know, now, uh, what is it, uh, it's six and a half, almost seven years in, and it's, uh, you know, it's still selling, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is incredible. I think that's incredible. Did you write anything since or not yet? I haven't. I haven't written anything since. Well, you've had, you're having children and you're having life go on. So <laughs> it's kind of tough oh, yeah. sometimes. Well, I, I'm, I'm just, I have to ask this because Oprah says that Paul is much more than a matchmaker. However, your handle is, you are considered the most influential matchmaker in the world. How so? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, uh, you know, when I started in the matchmaking industry, I was, uh, I, I was really laughed at. <laughs> a lot of my friends, uh, you know, I just graduated from business school. And they said, so you're going to now go off and be hitch? Like, what, what are you doing? Right. Um, and, and, and so uh, since then, you know, so that was eight years ago. Since then, I have uh, I've, I've become, you know, at least one of the most influential. You know, if you look at uh, if, if you look at all the, 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 the social uh, metrics right around influence, I typically pop up number one or two. Uh, I sit now on the board of two of the oldest matchmaking, professional matchmaking associations. I'm now a master trainer for that association. Uh, I have literally trained thousands of matchmakers around the world now. I've founded my own professional matchmaking association that's the fastest growing in the industry. You know, I've gone from, uh, you know, people laughing at me to uh, what I call the OG <laughs> in, in the match bay space. So it's something I'm really proud of. Oh, God. you know, holy cow, Seth and I are looking at each other. Did we even know that matchmaking was an industry, like that big of an industry? Yes. Of course it is. Yeah. I, I didn't think so. Come on. I, I mean, I always think of those online dating things. Well, uh, go ahead. If, if you were surprised that matchmaking is not an industry, you are not alone. Um, I, I had no idea that it was an industry before I got into it, but it is, Matt, so when people call the dating industry, that's about a $2 billion industry, oh and that God. includes, you know, the Match.com, so the online datings, and the It's Just Lunch, those brick-and-mortar companies, but within that $2 billion, there's almost a billion, right, so it's, it's about 750, $750 million, so almost a billion that is exclusively matchmaking. Right. So matchmaking in itself is a fairly big industry. But what's most important here is that it's growing. So as more people get acclimated and just used to online dating, you know, online dating is now, you know, 10 years ago, it was kind of taboo. Now it's like, okay, you know, why are you not online dating? Right. So as more people get used to online dating, what's happening is that matchmakers are becoming even more popular. So you're seeing a growth in, in this industry, which I think is, is, is really cool. Uh, you know what the funny thing is, too? I'm going to give you an online dating experience I have, and I have not online dated since, okay? 
because yeah, I feel well. like once you have one bad experience, doomed. I'm doomed for it. So the guy says, let's meet it. It was like a common restaurant up by us. You know, let's meet for a glass of wine and an appetizer and just chat. I'm good with that. I'm thinking, good. We sit outside. If he if he looks creepy or weird, I can go. There's going to be a ton of people there. You know, I'm all these things are going through my head. So I get there early. I'm sitting. And I have like a sundress on because it's the middle of summer. And I'm having my glass of wine. So he texts me and he says, I'm kind of lost. Where is this place? I'm like, okay, uh, you're the one who picked it. So I figured you knew where it was. So <laughs> I text him, you know, this, this is where it's at, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, he shows up 15 minutes late, comes comes across the patio, looks at me and goes, oh, dude, score. Number one. Wow. Number one. Sits down next to me now. I have tattoos on my leg and says this. I've never touched a tattoo. Do you mind? Check. Oh, wow. Wow. I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Never. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So... Bad experience, never done it since. That's, but Paul, can I ask you a question? I'm sure, I'm sure you hear this all the time. It, I, I, one of the things I say to people is, it doesn't matter where you meet, as long as you meet, you can anywhere you can have a good date or bad. You can meet someone, you can be set up. It's, there's a possibility to have a bad date if just if you have one bad experience online, you shouldn't just quit online dating. Correct? Yeah, Seth, I'm with you. Thank I'm you. Totally with you on this. Thank you. Seth is speaking the gospel. Yes. You know, with, with, with online, here's like the, the bottom line with online, right? Over half of all singles, at least in the United States, have either an online account or have tried online, okay. at least half. And that number is growing. So if you don't use online, what you're saying is, is that you're going to just eliminate your dating pool in half, just right out the gate. Right? Okay. Now, are there a lot of crazy people online? Absolutely. But are there a lot of crazy people offline? Absolutely. Right? <laughs> exactly. So, so the key is what Seth just said, is that you want to meet people. So online is a misnomer. It's not, on, I'm sorry, online dating is a misnomer. It's not online dating, right? It really should be online connections. But what you want to do is you want to meet as quickly as possible, and when you meet that person, you'll know within seconds. Oh, you're so right. You have, if you have the chemistry or not. And if you don't, then no worries, right? But if you do, then you then you know you have something. So the key is to meet as frequently as possible. I think Seth had it right. And Paul, thanks to the internet, you know, I'm a little biased because thanks to the internet, I have a beautiful wife and kids and family. You know, wow. so. so you you met your your wife online. I did. Look at that. And yeah, he was a, he that. was a pro at it. He was really working those numbers. <laughs> but anyway, here's a sorry Seth, I had to put that out there. Um here's another thing though. I okay, walk me through this, Paul. You can build any life you want online. And how do you had what do you look for to know that this is true that what you're going to see or who you're going to meet is a real person? Like you can date them for 3 weeks not know something about them and then all of a sudden they're a crazy hacker or something. Sure, but but you could meet them at a coffee shop, and they could you know tell you about some life that that they don't have. Um, but 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 I will say this: is there are some tricks of the trade. Can I can I give you a trick of the oh, trade? Oh please, please. Okay, this is a this is a trick of the trade. Now I don't like to publicly talk about this because this is like something <laughs> that we do behind behind the the uh, the uh, you know the, the green curtain. But what one thing we like to do is it's very important to try to get the person's phone number. Oh. Okay. 
So when you're online and they say, okay, hey, well, let's meet. Well, you say, okay, well, you know, what's your number? The reason why you want your number, or actually, let me ask, why do you think you want their number? Um, Sean, you're the pro. You tell me, why do you want their number? Why do you want their number? I don't know. Can, do, would you Google the number to make sure it's the person is who they say they are, possibly? Okay. That's exactly right. You use oh, a, reverse, Seth, stop. a reverse phone lookup. Oh. Okay. Reverse phone lookup. Boom. There's lots of free reverse phone lookups. You pop that number in, and then not only does it tell you their name, but it gives you their address. And then you know what we do? What? We take that address, and we pop it into Zillow. Oh one of these God. real estate apps to see do they own their home are they renting is this not their home right is oh, it, are, they, are they renting you know you could you could look at did they actually buy their home i mean there's so much you can do off of just simply a phone number that's genius and that, <laughs> thank you man thank you um and and that alone will tell you a lot you know about the person so there are tricks of the trade but ultimately what you want to do is as, as Seth was talking about earlier, you just want to meet them as quickly as possible, see if the chemistry is there, because if the chemistry is there, then you have at least something to build off of. Okay. Okay. Tell me, do you know the demo for online dating? Like, is it women 30 plus? Is it men 19 to 50? What is, do you know what the demo is? Like the higher skewing demo? Yeah, absolutely. It is predominantly men. Oh. And yeah, it's, and it skews young and old, right? So that kind of middle, that, uh, you know, 30 to 45 zone, or, or maybe 30 to even all, all the way up to 50, is what is dropping slightly. But younger people are gravitating towards it, and then also older. You know? okay. So we have uh, a lot of clients. I sold my, my matchmaking agency two years ago, uh, but I still sit on the board, and I've seen a huge uptick in clients who are, you know, 65, 70 years old that have used online dating as well. My, my mother's used it and she's in her 70s and, uh, you know, and she tells me her experiences and like some of these guys, they're, they're older guys, they just they got, they got no game. They, they You know, it, it's like they say the wrong things like, oh my God, these guys need help. It's like, what are yeah. you doing? Well, you know, Sean, you know, you know what's wild about that is, uh, I, so this, I see the same thing, right? The guys have no game, but the biggest reason why these guys have no game, and this is kind of sad, is that most of them have been in marriages yeah. their entire adult life. Yep. yep. And you know now they, you know, their their wife has passed away, and they like they have like literally been out the game for forty years. Right. 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 And so they they don't even know it. Like they don't even know it's called game. <laughs> That's how bad game is. You and Seth have to write a book about this. Then you and Seth have to get together and write a book about what how to have game again. Oh man, it's, it's no. It's just I think uh, that people try too hard. You know, it's just take it especially at that age you don't have to come on so strongly in my opinion at an, early, an older age you're trying to be friends you know and, and just take it easy like these guys i think to your point you're right they have so much they put the pressure on them. They're, they're like their kids again they're like in their 20s all like with the insecurities and nervousness about dating where it's like oh, you, yeah. know, you just relax oh, oh yeah oh yeah and and they uh talk about the insecurities and them acting like they're you know teens or 20s is like the guys love to show up in like like on the motorcycle, oh. you know, they, um, you know, they, it, it, it is fascinating, man. It's fascinating how we almost, we, we get older. And then as we get older, we act like kids again. Yeah. 
True story. So true. Well, I pulled a bunch of my girlfriends and my daughter and my daughter-in-laws and just wanted to find out like what a really popular question would be. And this is the question that they came up with, which kind of blew my mind, but it makes a lot of sense. When in dating do men expect you to take it to the next level? Oh, wow. When we say next level, you're talking about have sex. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we say that too. <laughs> Women say that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. I mean, this this may blow your mind. Uh, you know, right now, a third of all first dates end in some type of sexual contact. Oh. You know. So yeah. I mean. So but can you define that, Paul? Is it just a kiss <laughs> count? I mean, you know, what, what are we talking here? I'm I'm talking oral or vaginal sex. One third of all first dates. Wow! And that's, yeah. that's a beyond. It's all age demographics. It it is. So this is going to absolutely blow your mind. But as you get older, the percentage is higher. Wow! Wow! The percentage would be lower. But you know, you, so you have you, you take two fifty year olds out on a date versus two twenty uh, two year olds out on a date. Chances are the fifty year olds are going to have sex. Uh, at a higher probability than the twenty-year-old. The Blowing my mind right now. And Paul, you're, you're yeah. the you're the experts. So I don't want to give my opinion before I ask you. When when people ask you, you know, what what is the correct behavior? Or, you know, what should I do on a date? Is it okay to have a, a sexual encounter on the first date? What like, what's your opinion on that? My, it, this is something that I feel passionate about. Is I, I feel like you have to stay true to to you, right? To to your values. There are a lot of people, and by the way, this is some. This is a position that I've shifted on. You know, I used to be a really conservative guy, and I would say, "What sex on the first date? You're crazy! Like, don't do it." Right, you know? right. Uh, now, now, then, I would put myself in the shoot. Like, was I trying to have sex on the first date with my wife? Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's one of those where it was a double standard I was putting on myself. But I will say that you have to stay true to your standards and to your values because. Your values are your rule book to life. And so you don't want to go into your first date and do something that you ordinarily would not do. And right. so if that means you have sex, that means that, you know, you would have sex or that means that you would not have sex, stick to your values because it's going to be the values that indicate whether or not you're a better match. Well, Paul, that person. don't you feel like sometimes these values go out the window with a few drinks or, you know, or just getting caught up in the moment of the euphoria or if you're really attracted to somebody? I mean, when, when I talk to girls that I'm friends with and they, they ask advice, you know, it's kind of, I say, it depends. If, if you're just looking to have fun, then just do whatever you want, have fun. But if you, if you like someone, maybe you should get to know them a little better first because I feel like once you cross that line, your dates become what you do before you have sex. What do you want to do before you have sex? Should we have dinner before we have sex? Should we take a walk before we have sex? Should we see a movie before we have sex? So I feel like if you spend a little more time getting to know each other and, and you know, leave that, there's plenty of time later to have, to have sex. Oh, yeah. It, 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 it's one of these where it, if you look at just the sheer numbers, because, like, I'm a data guy, right? So I like to look at, okay, well, if you do have sex, what percentage of those people end up, you know, getting married or getting divorced, that kind of thing? The, the numbers, like, far over-index on people who wait, right? Oh. Especially women who wait. Yeah. So it, it, so if you're trying to play this strategic, it's much better to wait. But to your point, though, Seth, about like, you know, with a couple of drinks and the euphoria, like values go out the window is, I think if it's a, if it is a hardcore value, it never goes out the window. Right, right. right. It just means that it was never 
a, a true value. It was an interest, you know, but it wasn't a value. But, and I feel you know, like, so for, go ahead, I'm sorry. For, you know, I, I'll, gi- I'll give an example. This is something that I'm really passionate about, too, is I'm, I'm, I am, I'm big on monogamy, right? Right. And I, so, you know, and, and I'm, 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 I'm a huge, at, I, like, I despise men or women who cheat on their spouse. Like, I just, I just despise it. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Unless, you know, like, a polyamorous relationship is your thing, right? Right. But for me, right, family is one of the highest values I have. You're preaching to the church here because we're totally w- with you on that one. Totally. 100%. So, so, so there you go. So I had to learn that, too, out. though, right? You know. Yeah. So, so I could go out. I could go out. Like, have, have a great time. I could be drinking. Like, I could be anywhere. And I'm still not ruining my family situation. Like, I am not stepping out on my wife. Like, there's no amount of, uh, you know, uh, intoxication that's going to allow, you know, that's going to allow me to do that. And so my, my I guess my, my larger point is, is that stick to those true values. I think, the, you know, what I think a lot of uh, people have an issue with, and I see this with, with, uh, with clients that come into matchmaking, is they profess the values they want. Right. But they actually don't possess those values. Right. Paul, you, you feel know? like you feel like some of these women the, the women I've been friends with in the past, I feel like they they get that euphoria and they, they like the guy so much that they, they want to do it My for the guy. Question, to, yep. They want to please the guy. To hold on to him. To, yeah, they feel and I feel like it's the opposite cuz you know, I you know, I had a single life and I feel like you feel a little bit differently most of the time about a woman that you, you're with right away. Because guys, like right. you said, you want to sleep with your wife the first time you're out. Guys kind of have that in them, that drive, and they feel it, and they kind of go. And I feel like, you know, I hate to say this, but I almost feel like it's up to the woman to say, you know, hey, slow down, or, you know, thanks, have a good night. You know, don't go upstairs or whatever right. else. So Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, speak, speaking for myself is when my wife turned me down, that actually, that, I like that. Right. The respect goes right up, right up right away, right? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And so, so you do you find in your in your matchmaking? Do you find women saying that? Well, you know, I was really hot on him. He was really gorgeous. Like I wanted to make sure he called me again, so I slept with him. Oh yeah. It, so this is this is what's sad. Quite quite honestly, is what you just said at the end. I wanted him to call me back, so I slept with him. Right. right. I wanted you know a second date, so I slept with him. Right. Here's here's my reaction to that, and we try to do coaching, pri- or we do do coaching prior to them, you know, going out on these dates. And that is, if a man is, if if a man senses two things, right, and this is a woman, by the way, too, a man and woman, right. If we sense that we are physically attracted to the person, right, so you meet them and you're physically attracted to them, and not only are you physically attracted, but you feel as if in your conversation, they listened to you, right. not just heard you, but they appreciated what you had to say. They responded back like they listened to you. If you have those two things, in my opinion, that's chemistry. Right. And if you have chemistry, they will want the second date. There's no question about it. If, if, they're, ser- if, you know, if, if they're dating just for you know, like they're just dating for casual sex, then they don't want a second date with you. But if they are seriously dating because they want a committed relationship, if you have those two things, which add up to chemistry, they will want the second date. It's not about whether or not you had sex with them. Right. 
Right. And women get that twisted. They they'll they'll oh I didn't he, I didn't sleep with him so he didn't call me back. You don't want that guy to call you back anyway. You, right. You, you know have some you know self esteem and, and you know and believe in yourself. You want a guy to call you back because he likes you. Exactly. Right. So right. what what I when I asked the guys and I asked a few guy friends and I said to them what would they ask and they said to me, Kara, ask them how you get out of the friend zone. Like I see, I've been with this woman. I've worked with her for a long time. She's single. I'm single. We have something going on. She likes the same things I do, but she never, never, never crosses, never crosses the line of the friend zone. How do you get out of that? Yeah. I mean, there's two thoughts to that, right? One is that once you get into the friend zone, that's the zone for life. (laughs) You're you're not moving out of that zone. Like once, especially when she puts you into that zone. Yeah. You're, you're. Your friends, you know, you'll be at her wedding when she's getting married. Yeah. You know, you'll sit front row. But going back to science, right, and psychology, you know, there's stuff called the, uh, the law of proximity, uh, which states that the longer you are with someone and the closer you are with that person, the higher probability that they will fall for you. Oh. You know, there's also... Uh, a lot of science around, you know, so dopamine is emitted from your brain when you were, you know, when you're doing something um, that is a bit stressful, right? So exciting and stressful. So that's the reason why, and, and, and let me back up, and dopamine is a bonding agent. So that's the reason why a lot of therapists will suggest, well, hey, you know, if, if, if you and your husband are having a bad time in your marriage and you've always wanted to go jump out of a plane, Go jump out of a plane together. Oh. Right? You know, go 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 do something crazy because that dopamine is is is, is extracted from the brain and it's a bonding agent. And you two doing this together helps to bond you, right? So you could look at some of those things, That's like great advice. you know, doing these 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 kind of you know crazy events, as well as staying with someone closely. And maybe you can move them in, you know, you know, pull yourself outside of, outside of the, uh, the friend zone. So, like, you would ha- it'd have to be crazy, though. Like, she, will, she would have wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, okay. right, in Tanzania. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it just so happens that you can accompany her on this two-week trek up Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. And it's just the two of you. And she almost dies three times, right, climbing up the mountain. And, <laughs> and then, you know, maybe in that situation, you could get out of the frame. Yeah, zone. yeah, but, I think you're out chances then. <laughs> are, chances are you're not. Oh, dude, I can't believe it. So let's circle back to marriage because this is this was a question I had too. And just not even just marriage. Let's just circle back to just like, okay, you're with someone, you're dating someone, you've been with them a while, or you're married and you're with someone you've been with them a while. They cheat. Is there any way back? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, absolutely. I mean, and I will say this: I, I'm not a, a marriage expert, right. uh, you know. But I've I've been married for now 16 years, and um, you know, I have counseled uh, dozens of friends who have been uh, maybe in situations like this or, or different. And uh, there's there's absolutely a way back. It, but this is why it, it always goes back to your values right? And, and what you value most. Because in some relationships, the value is placed on, you know, it's the highest level on, um, it could be, uh, you know, it could be ambition, 
you know, and it's not necessarily the highest level is placed on family or religion, right? It, it truly could be ambition. There's, there's lots of, a lot of political couples that are like that. Right. And therefore, you could see where uh, cheating, even multiple times, can be sustained, and the marriage could be sustained. I mean, I hate to, 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 to point this out, but I, I mean, I think the political couple that comes to mind are, are, are the Clintons. Of course. You know, right. where, you know, it's, it's well documented that Bill Clinton has, has been uh, prolific, you know, right. in, his, uh, in his meandering, and yet the couple stays together. However you define that, you know, they're still married. Right. Um, what's the reason? I would argue that the chief reason is that they both value ambition above almost anything. Right. You know, so there are ways back, and I think it always will stem back to, well, what are the values, the shared values of the couple? All right, so Paul, your your boyfriend cheats on you. Say, say, oh, funny thing, and I, I'm not going to say where I met this woman yesterday because she'll know because she's going to listen to the show. I was with my, I took my mother somewhere yesterday, and the woman happened. My mother said, "Her, do you have children?" She said, "No." She said, "Are you married?" She said, "No," and she said, "I just found out after four years in a relationship." Now she's telling me this that my boyfriend, supposed fiance, was married, and he said all this time he was traveling for business. And my family kept telling me he was lying. I wouldn't believe them. I protected him. I don't think I'll ever date again after that. What happens then? How do you get out of the? How do you not carry that total and complete? Didn't you know that he crushed her? How does she not carry that into her next relationship? How do you get out of that? Yeah, she she goes to to therapy and counseling. You know, I I think that therapy and counseling is completely underrated. And what I have found is, uh, you know, I was born in New York. I live in Washington, D.C. In the big cities, New York, D.C., L.A., etc., uh, I feel like half of everyone you met is, you meet is, is going to a therapist. <laughs> but right. once you get out of these big cities and you go, like, down south where my father's from, Columbia, South Carolina, and you say therapist, everyone says, oh, you must be crazy. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ther- therapy is something every single person in the world should be doing. It's, 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 it's a way to essentially, um, you know, uh, refine yourself, you know, and help yourself to be more aware. And ultimately through self-awareness is where you get that self-love. And so if any time there's a situation where someone says, because of, you know, because of someone, because of someone's toxicity, I'm no longer going to be doing A, B, or C. Well, chances are that person has been, is toxic themselves now. Right. And the only way to leave themselves is to actually go through, quite honestly, go through therapy, go through therapy. And, and whether that's with a professional therapist or there's, there are many things that you could do with regard to, uh, you know, uh, reading and, 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 and doing some self-work. But that's what I would say. That's the quick answer. Paul, that if, okay. yeah, that's the quick answer. How, how would you uh, how do you suggest someone avoids that happening to them? You know, falling for something like that, or, or you know, how do you how would you suggest uh, what what can a woman do? What steps can a woman do or a man to to avoid in falling dating, to that right, yeah, in from dating. the beginning? Yeah, well, well, you know, it's interesting when you were telling me that story. Right, the first warning bell that 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 they went off was you said they've been dating for four years. Yeah. Right. Oh. That, that in itself. You know, and how old is she? She told me she was thirty-three. Okay. 
there you go. Here's, here's, you know, and when I say there you go is, of course, I've been in this industry now for, uh, for nine years, right? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm familiar with, with what happens. But this is where, uh, you know, having experts in your life, why it's important, why reading, you know, books uh, on the subject matter is important. You know, relationships, it's interesting. Relationships, you can argue, are the most important thing in our lives. Right, they they will relate. Great relationships will propel you, and bad relationships will literally kill you. Right, and and what's interesting is that this is the one area of our life that we don't get any type of coaching or education on when we are adolescents. And so, the more that you can read, the more that you can watch, the more that you can surround yourself with people who know their stuff the better. And, and let me give you my point, because when you said four years, immediately what I thought of is that couples who are together for three or more years have, and, then, and, then, and then eventually try to get married have the highest divorce rate. Oh, man. A higher divorce rate than couples who meet and get married within a year. Really? They have a higher divorce rate. That's fascinating. And what's, what's even more interesting about that to me is that couples who... So let me ask you this. When, when I say, what's the divorce rate? What percentage of people get divorced in the United States? What, what's your response? I'm just going to blow it uh, one out there. I'd say 65%. Oh, wow. <laughs> what's that? What do you Most say? people say 50, right? Right, right. Okay, yeah. Okay, Seth has a little bit more faith. <laughs> I didn't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Seth. Thank you. No problem. So, uh, that's what most people say. They say 50. And most people would be right. It, it teeters between 48 and 52%, you know, given the year. But if you pull out just the people who have dated for two years, what do you think their divorce rate is? So they've dated and then they get married in roughly two years. Okay, for two years or under, right? Well, not not two years and under. So between two and three years. Okay. Okay. Oh, geez, I have no clue. So, but from what you said, it's lower. So it's probably thirty thirty-five percent, thirty percent. It's twenty-two percent. Wow! Wow! What a difference! Twenty-two percent. So what's happening is that the reason why we have a quote, if you think fifty percent is high, which I think it's high, the reason why we have a fifty percent divorce rate in the country. It is because of all of these people who are getting married quick, like these shotgun marriages, right, under a year. And what does that mean? That means they don't know each other. Right. If you get married to someone in three months, you don't know who they are, right? You don't know what their values are. And the couples who are four, five, six years, seven years dating, and then they get married. Now, what's the problem with those couples? The problem with those couples is that whenever you have someone who is dating, for four, five, six, seven years. That means that at least one of those people in that couple, they don't want to get married. Oh, bam. Oh, they man. And uh, Paul, not- right? They all, and you always hear this like, you know, they, they feel like they put so much time in, like they, they don't have a choice but to get married because they don't want to waste all that time they spent together, which is ridiculous. Exactly. Like they get forced into it. And that's the reason why they end up getting a divorce, is because then they, they felt like they were boxed in. So. You know, I mean, there's so much that we could, you know, we could talk about there. But my my larger point is that 
when you when you know like that data, you know when you when you're around, then then you then you could see the 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 yellow and the red flags quickly. Wow, that's a crazy. So, give us your. Uh, I know it's been a long interview, so we're going to we're going to go ahead and finish up. But I just give us your best, best, best dating advice. And Seth is going to be like, "Yeah, I got this." But no, go ahead. Give us your best dating advice. <laughs> wow, my my, my be- wow. This is you know what's crazy. I don't even think anyone. I've been interviewed a million times. I don't think anyone's asked for the best. Um, so this is a good question. You you know. The best I can say is, I'll give you two things, right? Okay, good. Uh, self-love oh. seems so cliche and so cheesy, but it's truly the most important element of having a successful dating life and successful marriage, right, is, is self-love. Because, like, all that stuff Seth was saying, like, you know, in terms of uh, you're on the date and you feel pressure to have sex. And, I'm sorry, you, you pressure yourself into having sex. Right, because you want the second date. Like, all of that stuff is indicative of someone who doesn't unconditionally love themselves. Right. Okay. So, so self love is is everything. That's one. Secondly, is if you want to really thrive in not just your dating life, but then after dating, if you you know if you get married, is you have to surround yourself with just like people who like stand up people. You know, people who are not out here. You know, your your crew like. You can't be dating, and it, it, it's, it, should I say, it's very hard if you are trying to date in a committed way and your entire crew is just, like, running amok through the city. Like, they are oh, just yeah, having right. sex with mailboxes, like, with everything <laughs> that you see, you know? That's kinky. Um, which, 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 by the way, you know why I keep, I, I keep using that, having sex with mailboxes? Because did you guys hear about the Quincy Jones interview? No, we have to that? hear this. What happened? Oh my God! They, he, so Quincy Jones was just interviewed uh, by Vulture, and he said that Marlon Brando, right? Mar- now I feel like a gossip because I'll use third hand, but he was saying Marlon Brando had sex with literally everyone, right? Everyone, and he would he he was he was like so sex crazed yeah. that he would have sex with a mailbox. Oh my God! <laughs> wow. Like, That's gotta hurt, wow, though. Oh, see the mailbox over there. I love it. I love that mailbox. <laughs> oh it's a beautiful mailbox. <laughs> that was great, <laughs> Seth. That was yeah, excellent. Seth, Seth, that was awesome, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Where's Michael? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you, Paul. I you're um you're all that and a bag of chips, dude. You gave me everything I wanted. I'm super stoked to have had you on. And I tell everybody where they can find you and what you what do you have going on? What you have coming up? Well, to find me, I'm real simple. I'm at Paul C. Brunson. Uh, so that's everywhere: Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you know, Instagram at Paul C. Brunson. And then for projects, I'm always doing some some stuff that I'm, you know, that I'm really, I'm, I'm privileged to be in a place where I'm doing things in my career that I'm only passionate about. That's it. And so uh, I have a big project that I, I just signed with the government of Jamaica, where we are building schools right now in Jamaica, state-of-the-art schools. Oh. Uh, there's also a huge... Uh, program that I launched called First Library that is donating li- uh, literally libraries, so books to kids who are in first, second, or third grade who don't have any books in their household. So we're giving them libraries so that they'll have their own physical books. 
you know, there's there's, so there's there's a lot of projects that I'm touching right now, but um, but but those those two in particular are close to my heart. And, and Paul, will you come back and tell us about like we want to help you when you say that? Do you mean that you can donate books from your home to kids that for for this project? Yeah, well, you can't donate. So this is only new books. Okay. So we don't take used books. But for the Jamaica project, we will be picking up books, used books. Oh, cool. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and even, too, for Jamaica, we're going to open up opportunities for people to fly out to Jamaica. If you, if you literally want to, you know, bang on some, some nails and a hammer, you know, and, and build a roof or a door, that kind of thing you'll be able to participate also. That's very cool. That is very, very awesome. Please, please, if you, you have anything you want to promote and want to talk about, please contact me. We'd love to have you back on at any time. You're more than welcome. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I mean, this, this was really cool. And the fact that Marlon Brando showed up, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought he was <laughs> dead. <laughs> Jeez, there's, that just shows you. I don't pay attention to celebrities. But <laughs> thank you, Paul. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And you, both, we, you were wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. The One Tough Mother Podcast. Real talk with amazing women who have worked their way to the top and want to share their real life lessons with you. And we're back, and we've got headlines and headaches. And how you doing, Seth? You got headlines, and do you have a headache? Hey, how you doing? Uh, what am I doing? What, what, Wendy Williams now? How you doing? Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> um, Baltimore shuts down the subway system. Now, I've been down there, but I haven't really experienced the subway system. This could never happen in New York. Never. never. Whole, I read entire, this and went, oh my God. The entire city would shut down. Right. It, would, like, it, would, it's, it would be chaos. Uh, I was here when the whole... Uh, the blackout. Like, like, so was that fifteen years ago? And I lived downtown. I lived in the city. Like I was scary on the grid when yeah. the grid went down. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Thought, thought they, like, the, yeah, yeah. I was waiting for like some rocket ships to come down and everything. I was ready for something to blow up. It was scary, but I can't imagine. Like so, Baltimore's entire subway system is at a standstill for the next month. This follows a decision by the Maryland Transit Association to shut down all metro lines for emergency repairs. The city has received two point two million extra. That doesn't even seem like a lot. No, me either. Uh, to run free buses for passengers along the usual subway routes, uh, reports the Post. Another trans- major transport hub, New York City, has experienced similar issues with its transit system. Last summer, Governor Cuomo unveiled, uh, unveiled an $836 million emergency plan to restore the city's subway, reports the New York Times. However, passengers surveyed recently say they see little progress in their journey times, according to the Times. Times, times, times. I yes. totally do not use the subway. I do. And yeah. I don't have to, I, well, I, I have to take trains. I take the PATH train, which is like the yeah. subway that connects New Jersey and New York every day. But uh, I just can't, I guess they, people don't really rely on that as much as they do here. Otherwise, they, they couldn't shut it down. Right. New York could never shut down. Let's move on, shall we? Um, can a brain implant improve memory? Um, oh, no, 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 you're not putting anything in my brain. No. No. I think you need some help. Yeah, a uh, pacemaker for your brain. Researchers have developed an implant that can autonomously uh, send electrical pulses to patients' brains to aid memory formation and recall, a potential boon for patients with dementia, brain trauma, or other memory ailments. The implants connect to electrodes that monitor a person's brain activity, ensuring that pulses are triggered only when a patient is struggling. In initial tests, the method improves subjects' recall by 15%. The amount of loss that an Alzheimer's patient is likely to suffer is uh, over a two and a half year period. That, that's amazing. It is amazing, but it scares me because they, okay, they say they're putting it in there for that, but what if they put it in there for some really weird, weird science fiction 
But these people, the dementia and Alzheimer's, the people go in and out, especially, it's so frustrating to them. Yes. And it's got to be scary to like not, it's almost like you're blacking out. And, uh, you know, listen, if, if I have this, Put the chip in. I'll take my chances. Let's put it in whether you have it or not, just to see if it works. That's fine. But if I turn on you and try to eat you, then you can just stab me in the the temple. Yeah. (laughs) Great. Zombies. Okay. uh, Purdue to uh, stop selling opioids to doctors. Uh, Oxycontin maker Purdue Pharma. Are they the same company that makes the chicken? No. No, dude. (laughs) Good try, though. (laughs) Our chickens are on Oxycontin. (laughs) Oh, great. There there goes the show. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Purdue, we're sorry. (laughs) Just a joke. Settle down. It's not the same company. (laughs) 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 Purdue uh, Purdue Pharma will stop selling opioids to doctors starting Monday, uh, USA Today reports. The company is also laying off more than 50% of its sales team, leaving roughly 200 sales representatives to market non-opioid drugs per Wall Street Journal. The move comes amid a growing opioid epidemic in the U.S. 22 years after the painkiller was released, according to the Wall Street Journal. I still hear people getting this uh, prescribed to them Oh, all forget the time. it. Are you kidding? I had it prescribed to me. I had a back surgery. I did not take it. Ugh. I got to say, if I was in serious pain, I might have considered it and I would have, you know, you know, be careful with it, but I, I just didn't feel the need for it. I had sinus surgery, took it once. One one pill after the sinus surgery because they literally cut my nose and had to dro- drill bone out. Yikes. And because I had broken my nose so many times. And let me just tell you something. I took one. I felt so horrible. I, I threw up. I just couldn't deal That's with it. Tr- Never a, took it again. It's a heavy drug. My dad actually uh, got a little hooked on it a little bit. Now, not totally, you know, but because uh, he had surgery. Right. And um, yeah, he had to wean himself off and just it was scary. And Very there's, scary. There's other things. There's got to be other other things that are safer. Right. Not that I'm a fan of any of that stuff, but, um, but I, I do see there's a need. Right. Obviously, let's talk about the Olympics that I missed. Okay, what you missed at the Olympics last uh, last week, and this is the one that everyone that you talked about yeah. um, that everyone's talking about is a 17 year old snowboarder, Red Gerard. What a cool name! Uh, took home the first gold medal for the U.S. Uh, in in uh, South Korea. Uh, it took only one run for uh, Chloe Kim to win gold for you, Team USA. This, unbelievable. Yeah, she unbelievable. They kid. said like even four years ago she was the best, but she was too young to compete. Like oh she, my god, she was already that that good. Yeah. You know, these kids have no fear and they start at a young age. It's, it's amazing what they can do. Uh, she did this uh, half pipe. Um, she got in the first place after one run and didn't look back. Uh, figure skater, uh, how do you say her name? Mariah Nagasu. Yeah. Uh, became the first U.S. woman to land a triple axel at the Olympics. Helping, I got to see that. It was awesome. I, I watched bet. it like three wow. times on the internet. Um, yeah, she helped the U.S. team win bronze in the team skating event in the process. Wow, it's amazing. America fell in love with uh, Ship Sips. U.S. brother-sister duo who took second place on the team uh, in short dance. Yeah, I love that. Actually, I love anything on ice with That's ice cool. skate. You're on blades and you're dancing around. It's amazing. That is amazing. Uh, Luger Chad uh, Mazder, Mazder uh, won silver at the Olympics, taking first uh, first medal for an American in the event. That's okay, so cool. where are we at? What are the what is the standing? We have six total. We're behind Germany and the Netherlands. Each have seven. Germany has four goals. Netherlands and U.S. have three. So it's it's early yet, and uh, we, we always seem to do okay in the Winter Olympics. So we'll yeah, see we how it pull goes. it out. Yeah, it'll it'll yeah. be good. Go What's Team up? USA. That's all I USA. have to say. USA. USA. Yes. Well, that is our country, and yeah, we're rooting for you. Yep. Um, Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, the history of Valentine's Day is not so romantic. Did you know that? No. Oh, yeah, St. Valentine, right? Uh-huh. Valentine's Day is a time of year to show your love by dropping money on flowers and chocolates or grouse about how cheesy and consumerist the holiday is. Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day's religious origins have taken a back seat. There were multiple St. Valentines throughout history, and uh, the feast day first became associated with love in the Middle Ages. Oh. Yeah. All right. Now we've reached a point that the U.S. is uh, set to spend 19.6... 19.6 bill? 
billion. Bill with a B. With a B. For for Valentine's cards Day. and flowers and crap. Yes, and this is all this all traces back to third century and murder, and it's just it's ugly. <laughs> but you know, we we already started. Uh, we celebrated things um, Valentine's Day already a little bit. Oh, did you? It was a church event that we went to, and they had like a whole dinner, and had a young these young uh, jazz band. They were really good. These four kids. Wow. Four piece, and uh, it was just really nice. Yeah, we had a nice day. Awesome! Um, I just couldn't believe how much they spend on it. It's it's amazing. But um, well, speaking of which, yeah, I gotta go to get mm, some never, stuff. No, no, you uh, already did that. I hope. No, I didn't. Oh, oh I did. Cause yeah, cause this is not live. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I did, and it was great, and she loved it. You're welcome. Okay. Um, and that's all we got. For, you know, I hope everybody had a great Valentine's Day, and uh, it actually works with our theme, right? It does work with our theme. Yes. And you know what? We want to thank American Cobalt Aqua Farms with Arapaima, which is a fish. It's a superfood loaded with omega-3, omega-6 protein and collagen. American Cobalt Aqua Farms. It's the official fish of Valentine's Day. It is the official fish of Valentine's yes. Day. Arapaima. <laughs> it sounds very Valentine's-ish. <laughs> and you can call them at 973-601-8441. 973-601-8441. And you can go to American Cobalt aquafarms.com the fish is amazing i love it i've eaten it seth will eat it whenever i get a chance to bring it in mm-hmm. and all i have to say seth is mails in mails in email number one dear one tough mother i'm back in the dating game after 16 years of marriage and three kids i'll be 45 in june and seriously don't have the body i had when i was in my 20s no none of us do i hear you uh, my ex-husband never really made me feel attractive, uh, very attractive. Well, I am very worried about being intimate with another man. My question is, how long do you normally date someone before they expect you to sleep with them? I think this, I think about this a lot, and it really, really bothers me. Uh, Signed, nervous. And Paul just answered that. Paul right? just answered that, and now uh, we can. He said ba- you have to go based on your own values, and you know. And I think one of the things I said was, you know, especially someone like you know. I think if you get to know someone, you feel comfortable with them. Right. And they'll make you feel comfortable, then you won't have an issue. So take your time, you know, and and get to know this guy. And, and also, if you're not happy with yourself, you know, he also said that self-love. That really stuck with me. He talked about self-love. You know, make sure you love yourself and, and make sure you're comfortable in your own skin. And if you're not, do something about it. You know, make sure you're happy with you. Right, 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 and right, right. If you're happy with you, it'll be there's better chances someone else will be happy with you also. Right. So, um, don't be so nervous. Take your time. Get to know someone. You know, yeah. Don't 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 expect it. You like you're look already like oh you're like anticipating disaster. No, just chill. Just go out, have you, a good time. You make the expectations. Right. You don't have to go by anyone else's. So you set the you set the expectation. You 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 do. You make you you do you right. That's what they say these yeah. days. The kids are saying it. You do you, boo. Yeah. So get out there. You know, feel good about yourself, and, and, and you know, someone will be lucky enough to have you. I I agree. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Valentine's email number two. Dear mother, I've been dating this chick. All right, I got a problem already. This guy, I'm dating this chick. Mm-hmm. I've been dating this chick for three weeks. Do I have to get her something for Valentine's Day? Um. First of all, what's wrong with you? you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Dating this chick? I'm dating you, this the chick. Fonz? Are you the Fonz? <laughs> hey, I'm dating this chick. <laughs> and what, you can't, bust, you can't bust out a flower? Like you, one flower or something? If you want to continue... Uh, here's the, We talked about this too. Are you? Do you like this girl? Or is this someone you're just hanging out with? 
I mean, you're trying to get rid of her. Don't get her anything. If you, yeah. If you there like you go, her, dude. Yeah. If you like her and want her to stick around and keep dating her, then maybe you don't. You, you, listen, you don't have to get her an engagement ring, but you can get. You know, you, it's a, it's a gesture. It's not about a, a price tag, right? So flowers are not that expensive. Uh, you know. So, or one flower, one right. rose, or a box of candy. Holy or if cow. You don't, or if you broke, you know, if you really like legit broke, you write her a poem, you know, write, make a card. Do so, if you have a jet, there should be some kind of gesture. Okay. If you're dating her, I'm assuming you take her out. So you can take her out, take her for dinner. You're, t- you're dating anyway. Yeah. Acknowledge the holiday. Doesn't mean you have to marry her. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm dating this chick. And by the way, no, not for the chick. Dating this chick. Yeah, what knock are you, it off with the chick. What, are you going to take her to the sock hop? What, what, <laughs> de- what decade is this? Yeah, I'm dating Next. this chick. Oh, nice. Thank you. Get me out of there. I'm Next. out. Get me out. You're out. Uh, dear OTM, how many times do you forgive someone you love? My boyfriend is not nice all the time. He gets moody, nasty, and demanding when things don't go his way and says very mean and cutting things to me. He wasn't always like that, but he certainly is now. I know exactly where this stems from. Ryan's successful business owner father is a chauvinistic controlling tyrant with Ryan's mother. From what I'm told by Ryan, he's always been this way. His poor mother wasn't even allowed to use the car without father's permission. He pays for everything with the company's money. And that is his reasoning. So he controls all of it. If she even tried to talk to him about getting a job, he would freak out because he makes enough money that she doesn't have to work what would people think? Oh. Yeah. We know this is a control thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. In the past, Ryan would talk about how much he hated the way his dad treated his mother and how all their friends and acquaintances never knew the real dad because in public he acted like the perfect husband and father. Heck, his dad tried to break us up numerous times in the last three and a half years saying, I'm just not good wife material. Mm. Wow. Anyway, I'm beginning to see uh, he's getting to Ryan. After college, Ryan started working the family business to learn the ropes, and I think he's learning much more. In the last year, my sweet, considerate boyfriend has become a narcissistic nag. He's constantly saying, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't wear that. He's always putting my friends and family down. We, my family, and I are blue-collar, and suddenly that is a problem for Ryan. I am a nurse and work in the hospital pediatric ward, a job that I love, but according to Ryan, a dead end. Wow. Where can you go from there, he asks. Then he backs it up with, well, when we get married, you won't have to work. He's dead wrong. Right. I tell him he's way off base. The minute he starts his crap and boom, we're in full-blown battle. That is where uh, he, hurls, he hurls ugly, horrible comments at me about my family. I leave, refuse his calls and texts. In a few days or a week, he comes crawling over with flowers and what seems to be a very sincere p- apology. I immediately fall for it because I love the old Ryan with all my heart. But seriously, mother, this battle is becoming more regular and lasting much longer and I want it all to stop. What should I do? Dude, the... Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. This kid has been raised, or this guy has been raised watching this for years and years and years and years and years. And I'm go, go, I'm falling back on what I always tell you. You can only be treated the way you allow him to treat you. You keep taking him back. You keep making the excuses. You keep saying it's not him. You keep saying he's getting it from his father. All those things are probably true, but is it going to change? I don't know. It keeps happening over and over and over again. I think you just nailed it. It's about change and... You know, you can learn from your parents the things you don't like, and, and be conscious of it, and, and and do do it differently. It sounds like he was on that path, and kind of was like he's being influenced by his dad, which makes sense. But you just said change, and you know, and the next time this happens, say, look, don't come back with an apology, don't come back, and this is it. This is it. This has to change. It can't. You either want to be with me, accept me for who I am and what I do, and my family. Or I will find someone else that will love me and appreciate me more than you do. 
Right. That's, and you know what? And I love you. I want to be with you, but this has to stop. Right. Because this is not, if this is the way it is when you're dating, believe me when I tell you, when you get married, it's not getting better. When you're dating is when you put your best foot forward. This is when you want to catch somebody. This is when you want them to love you and fall for you. And if this is his reaction after a couple of years of d- dating, no. And it bothers me extremely that his father tries to break you up saying you're not good wife material. Why? Because you're not sitting at home? Uh-uh. Worried about this. I hate I hate this attitude, this male attitude. And it's an older, old-fashioned attitude, but it still happens. I hate it. with, with You know, because we talk about... Equality. I'm all about equality. To me, like the and I'm not like in a whole big soapbox with this, but men and women, like you can work. People could do my job. I could do their job. Like enough already. Like you know, if if a woman wants to stay, and you have kids, and that's a different thing. And when they're younger, okay, you can make that decision, and I'm all for it. But the, no, this, the control. The guy's all about control. His father. He wants to control her. He controls her with the money. Like I run the house. You know, and I have some of that in my family, and it's disgusting. Yeah. disgusting you know you work together you're a team you know and it's not about dominance you know unless uh, no right. no right right he's supposed to have your back you're supposed it to sounds have like his. he's a good guy so she if she can get to him and, and if he always knows he can get you back you know when, when next time you like you push it back a little further it's like this can't be a we can't keep doing this pattern yeah. either you have to understand accept me or that's it. And how much? And you got to think about how much time you're willing to invest in this. How long is it going to take him to find it out? And seriously, Seth, like he's controlling to the point where the father was in the beginning. I'm sure, right. and that really bothers me because he works for the dad now. Right. So he's with this dad 24 seven. Is he going to at some point regress and go? Well, yeah, my dad, my dad. You know, think about that. And you know, it's, and this actually goes back to too what Paul is talking about self love and everything. For you know, women are listening to this show. You don't have to take that from any guy. I don't care what you. I don't care if you're at home and he makes the money. No one should treat you like that. Ever. That's your partners, and you don't. You don't have to. People think they have no choice. You have a choice. You yeah, can stand you up for yourself. You can stand up for yourself. And you let them know this isn't. This isn't going to work for us. For me, one hundred percent. And, and you're not. No one's happy like that. You no. can't be happy because mm-hmm. you're like a child. Like it's not even a. It's not even a husband wife relationship. You're like a child. Right. You're not working together at all. You're no. working. At each other, not for each well, other. Well, no, you got your role. You cook, you yeah. clean, you do the laundry. Yeah. You do what I tell you to do because right. I make the money. So if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have a roof over your head or food. And like, it's it's crap. Last statement. People can only treat you the way you allow and talk to you the way you allow. If you allow this to keep happening, he will allow. he will be allowed to keep doing it. That's just the way it rolls. So you've got to try to really break out of that pattern. And we're going to go with Mother Says right now. Again, it's brought to you by American Cobalt Aquafarms, AmericanCobaltAquafarms.com. Arapaima, which is an unbelievably delicious fish. You need to try it. It's amazing. And Mother Says is normal is just an illusion. What is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. Think about that with that last letter. Mother Says normal is just an illusion. What is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. Thanks so much for listening. And we're super excited. Our audience is getting so huge. So tell all your friends, tell everybody about us, and we'll talk to you next week.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.